I'm hoping with the honesty that I share in the book about my stories that it gives other people permission to tell their secrets. Hello everyone and welcome to Living a Life Through Books. I'm your host, Dr. Shanaz Ahmed, and today we have a guest. Before we go there, I just want to make a quick mention that in the past I have broken up guest conversations into four parts just to have smaller episodes, but I've gotten some feedback that it was okay to have it all together and people could get back to the episode when they have time. So I'm running the whole conversation now and let's get started. We have Erin Burl, the author of That's Why You're Here. It's a memoir of transformation from abused girl to grieving wife to empowered, intuitive tarot reader. Quite a journey, really. Erin was born and raised in Sacramento, and as an adult, she worked in banking, elementary education, and eventually had a 25-year career with the state of California. I found her book to be revealing, courageous, and honest. And without further ado, let's chat with Erin Burl. Miss Erin, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited for today. Yay. Welcome to my podcast. This is kind of cool. Yeah. I, I've always, this is on my bucket list. So thank you for granting, granting this experience. It's on your bucket list to be on a podcast? Yeah. That's cool. That's very cool. So tell me how you uh, got in touch with Amy. Oh. Because Amy sure. told me about you. Right. Amy uh-huh. and I met on Instagram. You okay. know, as, as they say, the authors, you know, you should be on social media in some way. And I was on Facebook and I thought I'll take the plunge and get on Instagram. And she's one of the other authors I met. And her book says, my name is Erin. And so when I was commenting about that, I go, my name is truly Erin. And I go, the rest of the title was, and my mom is an addict. And I said, and my mom was an alcoholic. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So let's talk a bit about your book. That's why you're here. Curious about the title. I mean, you could have picked any title. It's a memoir. Am I right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. I did read it. (laughs) (laughs) um, I'm a little clueless about this. I was thinking if I were writing a memoir, I'd probably be like my journey or something boring. So that's why you're here. Let's talk about that. Okay. That's why you're here. It's it's hard to uh, talk about my memoir without talking about the tarot cards or the tarot readings, because I never wanted to be an author. It came about through reading the tarot and doing readings for people that I was going to fairs and festivals. I started doing the readings and I was blessed with the, this amazing experiences I was having with people. It would seem like to me, that it would become clear during the reading what our shared experience was. 
what that person was going through that I had already experienced. So I happened to say a lot, oh, that's why you're here. Okay, so that's why you're here is more of a you telling the people you're doing tarot readings with as to that's why they were there in the tarot reading. Right. That okay. That's, to me, this is why divine guidance has them sitting in front of me out of 17 or 18 other readers. You know, there's so many people you can select at a fair festival. Right. Uh-huh. So it's why is this person sitting across from me and it just played out that it became clear during the reading. And so I'd say, that's why you're here. Because we shared a similar experience. I got it. Because I was, you know, I was thinking about it. That's why you're here. That's why you're here. And I'm trying to think in terms of someone who doesn't know you. Mm-hmm. Doesn't know anything of your history. Is just kind of browsing a book and say, like, mm-hmm. that's why you're here. And it might just be a talk to them as to, wait, is this a self-help book? It's a memoir, but a self-help mm-hmm. for them to realize that's why they're here in this life kind of a thing. Well, and that can come out too in the sense of, People can come to me for a reading, and a lot of times they want to know what is their purpose. They're seeking out their purpose, in the sense, and they want to see what the cards have to say about that. But for me, it was never like, I know everything, and I'm going to tell you that's why you're here. You know, to me, there's divine guidance going on, and, and people are selecting cards that I believe their soul wants to have a discussion about. Okay. So um, it was... It was always about, oh, that's why you're here, or similar experiences. Because what I found is I was telling a lot of my own stories, and that's how it came about to even write the memoir. Got that it. It felt like it dropped in, like I needed to tell my stories. And then I freaked out because I'm not an, a writer or an author. And it's like, what? why is this compulsion to tell my stories because that's what it it came to was a compulsion to write and tell my stories. So this compulsion to write and tell your stories, it just came from you. It's not like a, it wasn't a bucket list or anything like that. No, 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 no. It was, um, in fact, I kept, you know, talking to my higher power, whatever your higher power is, whether it be Buddha, God, Jesus, source, whatever it may be, I just say higher power. But for me, my higher power or God kept putting me, I need to tell my stories. And I felt overwhelmed because I'd never wanted to be a writer, an author. And it was like, oh, I need help, (laughs) you know. Writing, especially if you've done, you know, I know you have as well, but it is not for the faint of heart. (laughs) No, it isn't. What do you hope by telling your story, both for yourself? I mean, I'm sure you've, because you've already written the book, has Mm -hmm. it been the same? I hope for this, I got this. And what do you hope by writing your book for your audience, for your readers? Well, for, for the readers, 
What I was finding in, with the tarot card readings is people that were sitting across me seemed to get some kind of comfort and felt some kind of help when they heard uh -huh. stories. So that is also what I would like, you know, and I know from like the reviews on Amazon, thank goodness, you know, bless their hearts for writing reviews that it has my book or my stories within the book have helped other people. Um, and what I hope for number one, to dispel all the myths, I guess, about tarot card reading that mm -hmm. for me, I want to have it be about light and about higher power. And I just want to bring a different look to it because when people look at me, they'll say things like, Oh, you don't look like a tarot card reader. I look like someone's grandma. I know. So um, <laughs> that's why I get a lot of, what I call virgins, I'll get people that will come to me that have never had a reading before. And I believe because they feel safe or, um, yeah, I'm going to say feel safe because that's what I've heard a lot of times that they feel comfortable. So I, I want my readers to get hope that it's okay to talk about our secrets, you know, cause I, I talk in my book, I grew up in an alcoholic home and so there's, when you grow up in an alcoholic home, there's a lot of secrets. So, you know, I'm just, I'm hoping with the honesty that I share in the book about my stories, that it gives other people permission to tell their secrets. That's, that's beautiful. That is very beautiful. I, um, I was pretty surprised that the, um, there's one scene in your book with the, was it your grandmother? The woman you were taking care of, I think it was your grandmother. Yes. Who was pretty much out of it and drunk and her pants were all, yeah, all of that. Yeah. And you're trying to clean up. I was like, it was pretty vivid. Yes. It was, it was graphic, vivid, but it, the reality of it was good. I, I mean, for you to put it out there, that was great. I think it, it does take a lot of courage yeah, to speak well, on it's, truth. Um, to memoirs, especially when it's memoirs, to speak your truth and with that level of honesty, it takes a lot of courage. So, yeah. wow. Thank you. When, you. when you grow up in an alcoholic home, you, you take things as normal. You know, this, this is my normal and then as you get older and you go out in life, you go, oh, this isn't others, other people's normal, you know, <laughs> and taking care of my grandma. And she was, you know, another alcoholic and, you know, would have accidents and, you know, couldn't walk and would fall constantly. And mm -hmm. I'm, you know, 9, 10, 11, you know, trying to lift her and really that's how we get raised to be a codependent is in the sense of I was a young child, but I was really trying put in charge of taking care of my grandmother because at that time, my mom and her um, new husband, my stepdad lived in another, in another home. So it was odd. I mean, it was my normal and I didn't question how odd it was until I was an adult. Right. And 
it was educational in the sad way when you're reading a book where you're figuring out someone else's normal right how would i have known about that if i hadn't read it so right. that was it was it was eye opening and educational because everybody's normal is a little different like if i were to speak to an abused woman her normal might be totally different and it's eye opening to me and educational so that was that was really good let's move to something uh, more fun what do you like to read like your favorite thing to read and why do you like your genre like a favorite genre um when i was young i was really drawn to you know this isn't this isn't uh not irony i want to say but autobiographies and biographies i was drawn to that because one of the first book reports i had to do was uh-huh. on a book called patty reads doll and it was one of the families that was in the donner party that crossed okay. over and they had to you know resort to cannibalism to exist come across in the mountains in lake tahoe to get to you know they were Kate ended up coming to Sacramento but Patty Reed's doll is how she holds this doll and comes across and you know covered wagons and so I was drawn to personal stories and always was into the autobiographies and biographies but now I'm into murder mysteries just <laughs> anything because I'm I'm thinking you know I may try to my hand at writing because I mm-hmm. still what I found after I finished my book is that I missed I'd been writing for over a year and a half on my memoir and right. all of a sudden it was done and I was like oh my god who would have thought I'm missing writing now because right. I thought it was just about me getting my story out and I would be done you know I would be done with writing you know it was never about me like I said I I never wanted to be a writer or an author so that was a big shock to find out oh i still want to write and i have a website and so i have a blog that still allows me to write pieces and i can put it up on my website so i feel the you know that need to still write and put things up so it's uh, your new normal <laughs> writing new normal, your, that's your sure. new normal so if you were to write another book what would you write I have a couple ideas and a murder mystery but not I don't see a procedural, you know, like a police procedural more and I don't know if it's a more if it's along a cozy mystery but it might be a little bit more intense than a cozy mystery. I don't know. I'm playing around with a couple uh a different ideas, but I think there will be a tarot reader in there. Okay. Do you do you feel you want to write what you read i don't mean literally write what you read but i mean the genre hey i like murder mysteries i'm reading murder mysteries so i want to write in that genre because some i've talked to some authors they read all these other genres and then they're writing something totally off the genre they're reading which right. kind of throws me off but um what are your thoughts on that I love a good murder mystery, thriller, you know, that kind of thing. 
I just don't know if I have the chops, you know, to, to do it. I'm so respectful of talented authors. Um, one of my favorites is, uh, Diana Gabaldon, Outlander series. Outlander series. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I love her writing and to me, she is such a great author and she keeps her fans or audience, um, you know, relates to them with her Facebook page. And, you know, she just kind of an all around that I, you know, look to. And yeah, I would, I would love for writing to come very easy to me, but uh-huh. it does not. <laughs> really? You said you wrote this book, what, how long did it take you? One and a half years? Yeah. That sounds oh. easy. I mean, oh. I would think... I don't know. One and a half years seems like a norm as in, okay, this is an easy kind of, okay, we get it in one and a half years. If it was difficult, I would think you'd say 10, 15 years or something oh. like that. Okay. No, um, let me, I'll put it this way. Okay. okay. I had a 25 year career with the state of California. Okay. And- when I had to write up staff or do any kind of writing, they, my mentors would drill it out of my head. You cannot have tone. You can't have emotion. I mean, it has to be Joe Friday, just the facts, man. And so, so I wrote like that where you, you, it's just the facts. So here I am compelled to write my story and I think I had to, you know, join a writer's group, a critique group, and that all came to me by synchronistic events. But I got into this group, and they would, you know, I used to hate hearing, Aaron, you have to show, not tell. Oh, That's yeah. <laughs> my career was about telling, not showing. Right. And so there's this huge learning curve on showing so for you to even say like a scene was graphic or whatever that you know that now I know is a good thing to hear you know the descriptive or whatever but I was I just want to tell you I was so frustrated as a writer that I then I went I can't do it and I got a, a woman from the writing group to see if she could be like a ghostwriter for me because I felt like this is too hard. I can't do it. And so, you know, I would write kind of some chapters and have her take over. Oh, wow. But what, but what happened was then it was not my voice, you know, right. her writing. Yeah. Yes. She could depict and she was a very good writer, but it wasn't my voice. And it kind of would sometimes go off and I go, oh, no, that's not how I really felt at all at the time. Or um, anyway, so it came back to me. Oh, my God, I have to gut this out. I have to learn how to write. You know, (laughs) anyway, so it was quite a journey. And for other struggling writers out there, you know, hang in there and stay with it and try to find a, a, you know, really good writing group that does critique well and isn't afraid, you know, Mm -hmm. to 
say what they're thinking and feeling about your writing. I felt my feelings hurt. I got to tell you, you know, my feelings were hurt. But when I could get out of the way and go, these people care about me and they want the best quality product for me, you know, their suggestions are coming from a good place. Then, you know, I could get out of the way and go, okay, I need to tackle this chapter again. Right. And it's very hard when you're a writer. It's personal. Mm -hmm. And so anything coming from them is an attack on you. It's not an, you would feel it like, no, it's an attack on me and my person and my being and how I live. But the reality is that's not what it, it's an attack on at all. It's not even an attack. Right. And it, that's very hard for a writer to right. look at it. So you tell, you saying that, that's great because it's one of the steps of writing. Is yeah. to un- and I know it made my, it made some chapters way better, you know, that when they, you know, I've, I've met a lot of people now in the writing community and, and heard about different critique groups. And sometimes people won't be honest and don't tell the truth. And then, so that writing suffers. And then I've seen it the other way where the author won't take the criticism won't improve, won't fix errors, and and the product they put out is not what it could have been. And one of the beauties with Amazon is you can upload newer versions or if someone contacts you and said you had an error on page something, you know, it was a typo or it was, uh, it's a correct correctly spelled word, but it should have had been a different word. You know, you can fix it, but for people that refuse to fix what's going on, um, you know, I just always want to have the best quality product out there with my writing. So yeah, critique groups, you know, I would strongly encourage to, you know, keep shopping them. Okay. You talked about Amazon. So did Amazon publish your book or did you have a separate publisher or both? No, I went on, I went to Amazon because for several reasons. Number one, okay. I'm not a spring chicken. Okay. So I had already heard from other authors that to shop your book to different publishers could take years trying to find someone or if you found someone. And my situation was a little different in that I go to fairs and festivals all the time. And right. I, I could have my book on my table as quickly as I could get it published. So for me, Amazon was just the way to go to self-publish and get my book out there because I was doing readings with people and I'm going, oh my God, as I was writing my book, I would go, oh, this chapter would be so helpful for, for this woman that's getting a reading with me right now. So it's been really neat in the sense to have that book there. And when I, I, now I do a book and a reading, you know, that they will get my book along with their reading. And I can say, you know, pay attention to chapter, this chapter or that chapter, because I think Uh it's helpful to you. Right. So I'm going to get a little um, technical here. Okay. We're going to talk about 
because I really don't know. Want to talk about your publishing journey? So let's talk. You are doing a tutorial right now, okay? Oh. On um, you're gonna teach someone the ABCs of getting their book from writing to Amazon and that journey. Let's talk about it down to technical, like, okay, I've, okay, I have a book now and it's a Word document. All right. Let's yes. take it from my Word document. I'm like, Erin, I have a Word document. It's all been beta read. It's done. It's ready to go, but it's in a dot docx format. Yeah. Well, and I, and I'm going to have to disappoint you and your listeners because I'm not going to get that technical. My okay. life, let me, I'll, this is, I got to share this because my life, especially with, with the tarot and, you know, my Oracle deck is more about intuitive, your gut feelings. And it came to me, I mean, we have to know our own strengths and weaknesses. I am not a techie person. I knew that once I had finished my book, I was going to need someone to help me to upload it or get it into the, the versions it needed to go. So, so you had help then. So you didn't do. Right. Ah, right. Okay. I got help. And you've read the book and I talk about synchronistic events where okay. I feel like, and this is just me, but there we have guides and angels that kind of are orchestrating in the background to to make things happen, to have them align. So around where I live, one of the things I knew I needed for my book was to have a couple blurbs on the back okay. of people that could talk about your book. They read your book. So one of the women... I wanted to write on the back of my book. She has a PhD and she's a medical intuitive and her name is Carol Reitberger. Okay. So I had asked her if she would write a blurb for the back of my book, sent, sent the doc, you know, the document, you know, wasn't even book form, but sent the document. She's a medical intuitive, as I say. So she was kind enough to write a blurb and like every quarter, she'll have an evening of readings, medical. She and she's also psychic, but she'll she'll have an evening of readings. People will go put their name in a hat, and she'll draw names, and they can get like this mini reading. You know, if they have health concerns or want to know about something, she'll do these readings. So this night, I happened to go. She was talking about my book in front of her audience. You know, saying, mm -hmm. "Oh my goodness!" And I love that she was talking about it, and. After the meeting, this stranger, I don't know, comes up to me and goes, do you need someone to do a book cover for your book? And for me, I just know there's no coincidences. And I say that in my book a lot. There's no coincidences. Right. So I knew right then that whatever the name and the phone number she gave me, that's who was going to do my book cover. So that's how just things fall into place for me. Mm -hmm. And so okay. she the woman that ended up that I ended up meeting, I knew when she got here that we were going to work together. Okay. And 
she and I already knew what I wanted my book cover to look like because I'd already been doing fairs and festivals and I had banners. And, you know, right. I had my business card, so I already had a look I wanted. But I had had a reading by Carol Reitberger, and she said, you need your own tarot deck. You need your own oracle deck. I knew the woman I was going to do my book cover with, I was going to work with her for my oracle deck. So, so that's what I'm just ta- telling you about with the intuitive, your gut feelings, that that's how things work for me. So here's this stranger coming to my house. She's my friend now. She's done my book cover. We, right. you know, as you know, I have my own Oracle deck okay. and this, you know, people pick cards. Mm-hmm. So it's been this huge um, journey of taking something from thought, like you're talking about thought, you get it on the page and bring it into the physical. Okay. And I was able to do this with this, this woman I met graphic designer um, she knew how to format and get it into digital form. You know, at first she was telling me she just wanted to do the book cover, but I said, no, I feel like you're really supposed to do the formatting, help me along this journey. And so that's, that's how it worked for me. Oh, so she did all that conversions and whatever needed to be done. And right. so your journey is, Hey, I need this. And I guess technically the universe provides. Is, Correct. Yeah. And is then I, how you're like, okay. Yeah. And you, for me, it's always important to that you want word of mouth as well, you know, or you, or for me, I go on websites and you see what other work they've done. You see what other covers they've done, or you see what other formatting they've done. And to trust your gut, your intuition that it's a good fit and that someone can bring, you know, your dreams to reality. But there are other people I've met that are so techie. They format all their, you know, own material and upload. And, you know, that's just, that's not my thing for sure. Okay. Okay. What was the hardest part of uh, writing a book? Getting over the self-doubt to me, that, that where, you're not good enough or it's not good enough. Um, just getting beyond that. Cause I told you, I, you know, I would try to get a ghost writer, right. but, but just to have faith to tell your story and do it as well as you possibly can, I would get frustrated or would, would know think like a chapter wasn't working. You know, I wasn't getting out what I really wanted to say. It wasn't, and I had to step away. And usually, you know, when you pray about something or for me, you know, I talk about my writing guides, you know, like, oh man, I really need some help right now. Please deliver a solution. And maybe in a day or two, it was like, oh, okay. It dropped in, in the sense of how I needed to fix it or what I needed to right. to, to make it work. So. Any regrets? No regrets. None whatsoever. None. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Just trusting the process and uh, having it on my table now when I work, like I say, when I work the fairs and festivals or someone comes to the house, that the re- reception or how it touches people, that to me, you know, no regrets. Okay. 
what was your favorite part of your book? Like, what chapter, what something, what was your favorite part of the book? Like, kind of like I talked about that scene with your grandmother. I, I don't know if that's my favorite part of your book. I, I think that was, that really stuck out. And then the other thing that really struck out was the ending when you uh, met up with a friend of yours who didn't want to be your friend anymore. Mm. I, I think of those two things hit a chord with me. I don't know why. Like, it's just when I read the book, I was like, man, that's not right. Uh, yeah. I was like, I don't I don't care what I mean, but it's got to be a balance we can have in our lives. I wanted to take a mini break to let you all know that you can contact me on Instagram or Facebook on Living a Life Through Books. My website is shanazahmed.com. That is S-H-A-H-N-A-Z-A-H-M-E-D.com. The starting and ending music for this and all my other episodes was composed by my husband, Brad Slavic. Just wanted to get that out there and now on with the conversation. Uh, what were your favorite parts of your book? Okay. I, I just want to say that on the cover of my book, it also says a journey from grief to metaphysical awareness that my book tells how I got into this crazy thing of doing tarot readings, because when you're a soccer mom and have a 25 year career with the state, Tarot readings is out of your wheelhouse. I mean, for me, it was just, I didn't even know what it was. So my book details that crazy, you know, just a crazy journey, number number one. But my favorite part, I think, uh, one of the things, it's interesting what you say touched you, but I think the favorite part was reliving the meeting my husband and that, you know, it's always special the, when the love and the dating just start. So reliving that was probably mm-hmm. one of my favorites. But yeah, it's, it, like I said, uh, or you brought up losing a friend because I started doing tarot readings. You know, it's, it's not for everyone. And I respect that people, you know, I'm not here, you know, to convert anyone. I just, for me, doing the readings is I want to have it all be about, I always talk about God's white light and it be a positive. I come from a place of being of service to others. So I want it to always be, you know, a positive thing, but some people, you know, their religion paints a different picture and it's forbidden. And so, yeah, I did, when I started like coming out of the closet that I was doing tarot readings, there were people that, chose not to be my friend anymore. So then you rely to me on your faith that in the sense of, well, then I need, you know, this person isn't, isn't supposed to be in my life right now. You know, we get, we have people that come in and go out and I just know I, I uh, gained so many friends different in different areas, you know, writers, authors, healers, you know, there's just so many more, positive people that have come into my life. And I'm very grateful and blessed about that. Things happen for a reason. They most certainly, certainly, certainly do. What are your top five favorite books 
of all time? That's, you know, that is a hard question because there's so many. I know, I know, <laughs> I know, but, but if you really would think about it. And I, and I did. Uh, yeah, I, I think we can distill it. It's kind of like when you say, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you say 10, 20 things. Then you're like, okay, let's bring it down from 20 to 10. Then you bring it down and says, what can you not live yeah. without? Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name some books. Okay. And, and it, it may not be because of the, the best literary, you know, but they had sure. an impact on me. Mm-hmm. The first one I already told you, that Patty Reed's doll. Right. I read that as a kid, and it impacted me in the sense of here's this other kid in this story, but traveling in covered wagons, which is a you know totally different experience on what life used to be like. And you know, having this doll and going through this horrific winter in mm-hmm. the you know, in Lake Tahoe and you know, that, like I said, that, you know, they resorted to cannibalism to survive. So that having to do a book report on, on that book really impacted me and got me into enjoying the biographies and autobiographies. Another book, Charlotte's Web. That, oh, yes. You know, oh, I yes. still the first line of that book is where's Papa going with that axe? And I still remember it. You know, it was just magical and heartwarming and um, another book, uh, Gone with the Wind. Oh, yes. That was so thick and so daunting to read. And I think I read it first in my teens. And it was like, oh, my God, how am I going to get through this book? But it was so well written, you know, that you, you keep going through the journey and just even finishing it, you feel like it's an accomplishment. Always a fascination with what people had to endure in different times, you know, um, mm-hmm. just appreciate the human condition in different different times. I told you Outlander is, right. Outlander is one of my favorites. Um, oh, this is, and this is kind of a different genre, but um, Talking to Heaven and it's by, it's in my, you know, I, t- I had it in my book. It's James von Prague. He's a psychic medium. Okay. And, and when I lost my husband, that book was very helpful to me. And even in my quest on wanting to be more intuitive and um, how do you open yourself up to not think logically all the time, but be more open to the unseen things, you know, gut feelings and our intuition. So heaven was very helpful to me during that time. How many times have you read uh, Gone with the Wind? Just curious. Have you read it a few times? Once, twice? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to say at least three. That's thousand pages. That's. Yeah. Oh, and Outlander is huge. I mean, isn't it a series? It's a whole series, yeah. right? Yeah, she's working on book number nine right now of the series. And they're thick books. Women and swear by them. 
oh my God, she is, and, and she is to me the art of doing an intimate scene, writing an intimate scene between, you know, a man and a woman, well, any partners for that matter, but for her, she is just the best at, at doing these sincere, intimate scenes. That, that's what I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, I have not read her. Then again, I have not read a lot of authors. Mm-hmm. My podcast journey, this podcast is only a year and three months old. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. a year and three months old, and the podcast journey really started with the reading journey. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I'm growing with trying to figure out, well, what makes you read? How do I read more? How do I write more? Everybody, as you know, intuitively, everyone has a self journey. Correct. Right? So my self journey, my self compass has always been pointing in the direction of the written word. Mm-hmm. And a very interesting because if you listen to Amy's Where Are They Now episode, it's really interesting. We end up talking about myself writing and I'm going, where, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. This is always, like you said, you attract these things into your life. And right. so that's where my... um journey's been and that's where this podcast comes in so for all the people like myself who are trying to attract more reading and writing into their lives do you have any advice any books they can read uh, to be better readers to be more effective readers to be more effective writers what are your thoughts on that well I'm with you in that I try to read a lot, get inspiration, especially from others, even in my critique writing group. Mm-hmm. One of a gentleman that's in there, and he's been my editor. He's a former college teacher uh, on wow. English, and he's well read. And he, but he's another one of those people that he knew he loved writing when he was young. You know, it's not, it's totally not my story, but. You know, it's to me, it's the more normal story of, oh, yeah, I've been attracted to it. So he's read so many books. I mean, he's a great resource for me in, you know, in the sense that I'll ask him, you know, what are some authors that you love or you feel he's, you know, has a more critical eye because of being that teacher, you know, college teacher, professor, so, so that's one thing. Uh, Stephen King's writing, I, I like that book, Stephen King's, because it, the first half of it is really about his experiences that shaped him. And then he talks about kind of writing do's and don'ts. But definitely, even Stephen King talks about read as much as you possibly can. I read differently now from being, a, you know, writing my own book. I, when I read now, I'm really looking at sentence structure and how they broke up um, uh, the narrative, you know, that someone's talking and break it up with action and bring the talking, you know, back in uh, the conversation. So I read differently, but well-constructed sentences and different words that are used, you know, I love with Diana Gabaldon, there's a lot of times I'm reading her books and I have to stop to look up a word 
you know, I haven't seen it before. I haven't heard. And I love that, that to me, okay, I'm still, I'm still on my journey. I'm still learning. There's another word. And it's like, oh my goodness, I didn't know, you know, that word. And so when you're reading a book and this is for a writer, mm -hmm. if you're breaking it down into sentence structures now and you're reading it and going, oh, wow, this is how they did this and this is how they did this. Do you feel it detracts from the story? I'm just, I'm curious because here's the thing. For me, let's switch from reading to podcasting. Okay. I'll do this podcast. I will edit. I'll do all of that. Mm -hmm. I'll spend a few hours with this to get it right, get the music, all of this. And then I will hit, you know, publish whatever I have to do and get it on. Yeah. But I still, I still listen to it again as though I've never heard it before. Mm -hmm. It's weird because when you're in that sentence structure mode of a story and you're breaking down sentence structures, I would feel it would detract from getting into the story. How do you balance that? It does. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to affect me that way. That's that, great. Um, I'll be into the story. Okay. And I'm reading along, but then all of a sudden I'll go, "Oh, that was a great sentence." That I mean, it was so. It had so much emotion in it, or it was so descriptive, or you know, that I will go back and read it a couple more times. Okay. And, you know, it just admire it, and then I'll go on with the story. It just it do, doesn't seem to detract to me. Okay. It's just more admiration, and um, you know, or I'll say, oh, how how did you move the story forward? To me, that's always another very interesting part of a book is how are they moving the story forward? How did the, how did we just go from this point to this point? You know, um, I just admire really good writers so much more now because I know once you know how hard it is it's just oh my god these people are so talented they're so gifted and these prolific writers you know you see some of these people they have 78 books I'm just like oh my goodness like what are you doing like writing a book a day or yeah. a book every two days I'm like what is this do they have like a magical something in their computers hit enter and up here's yeah. a book yeah. Well, and I think it's so, I mean, to me, there are people that really are born storytellers. And I think Diana Gabaldon is one, you know, they're just these born storytellers. And, and for me, like I said, it is, it's work. It's a struggle. I'll know when, you know, things aren't working and I, I don't have the magical, you know, I mean, I have to pray about it. I'd say I, it needs a fix and I don't, I don't have it at hand right now on what the fix is and I have to let go of it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm just admire really good writers for sure. Right. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit here because this is something as I'm getting older, mm -hmm. I'm learning. The concept of, oh, Diana Gabaldon is a born storyteller. Mm -hmm. Okay, disclaimer, I have not read her. Mm -hmm. So you could be like, well, that's prim and proper. You're talking about, you know, someone you haven't even read. My concept in general about life, okay, mm -hmm. is that, 
I don't believe someone just comes up and boom, writes something. I'm willing to bet money that even Diana Gabaldon had to hone her craft. I'm sure she worked at it and worked at it and worked at it. And so maybe when you talk about storytelling, let's say there are 10 levels of storytelling. You start from zero and you get to 10. Maybe Diana Gabaldon started at five or six and she only had four steps to make it to 10. Mm -hmm. But there are people who could start at zero and work their way and hone that craft. And if they worked hard enough, long enough, consistently, I believe they can get slowly to one, two, three, four, five, whatever, all the way up to 10. I, I just, I'm kind of, in a phase in my life where I'm thinking, well, I just want to go out there and write a book and make it a bestseller overnight. But there's this intuitive and uh, part of me and kind of a logical part of me, if you want to call it that, it doesn't work that way because everything comes from doing it over and over. And that's how you improve It, it exercise your body. If you keep doing it, you get better. Right. Oh, and I agree with that, that you can hone your craft. And, and I'll agree that people start at different levels that mm-hmm. where their, their writing ability is, or um, they had more practice and more years in, you mm-hmm. know, like I said, I never wanted to be a writer or an author. So when I meet my other writer and author friends and I ask them, you know, how long have you been doing? Did you always know you wanted to be a writer? And a lot of them knew from the time they were in elementary school or junior high. And so they've had all these years of writing and honing their craft that I just, I personally don't, you know, so they, they just, they've had more years in or this desire, or they knew they had to tell stories. It just came, you know, like I said, mine came very late. So um, a different place. But yeah, definitely. I, I know from, you know, I talk about going to the critique group when I first went, bless their souls that they didn't kick me out. You know, that they were so kind and so loving. And it's the same when you grow, when you go to Al-Anon meetings, which is for friends and families of alcoholics. They always say, you know, we're going to love you until you can love yourself. And that's what I feel about the critique writing group that I found is they were going to love me until I could write a sentence. (laughs) Oh, they kept encouraging me to come back and to better myself. And, you know, so I, I totally appreciate that. And I'm sure you're downplaying where you started because you still got your book done in a year and a half, It's which is which doesn't mean you started at a low level. That's my perception of it. So uh, but that's great. That that is really great. I I agree with you on the on the writing group. Mm -hmm. It's super critical to get a focused group that can help you hone your craft, Mm -hmm. and grow 
And, and I do know from two different states, it's a little different. For example, Indiana Writing Society is way different than the St. Louis writing community in the Writing okay. Society. So uh, different states have more, um, I don't know if I want to call it more access. Uh-huh. But they do, uh, their connectedness, and it's just different. So. Oh, 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 another thing that I was thinking about with the writing group, one of the things is it like the group I belong to meets the first and third Wednesday of every month. Right. So to have something for the next meeting, that was one of the things that really kept me on target and probably why I got through in a year and a half, because it was all, you know, I wanted to bring something to share. And so it just kept me on target. So when they met, you had, uh, Everyone has to meet, bring something? You don't have to, but that's what you're coming together for is usually there's like bring around 2,000 words and make copies for everyone in the group. And then we start with the uh, whatever is the least amount of words, go, go to the, you know, so to the most. So everyone gets a, a shot in and, and we write things that we loved about it things that might need a little work or, you know, mm -hmm. editing. And then you get back those papers. And then, you know, when you come home, you can see what comments were made, that kind of thing. That's how our critique writing, um, and it's uh, just, you know, very helpful. And like I said, keeps you on target in the sense of you do want to bring something. Or if there was a lot of comments on a chapter you brought before, that if you've reworked it, you bring it back with the fixes and see how it's received then. Right. It's always good to have a community, whether it's whether you're trying to be a writer, you get a writing community, reading, you get a book club. Right. You just it's the community keeps you going and right. keeps you moving forward. So right. that's great. Congratulations on your uh, first book, right? Yeah, well, we'll see. I am blogging, like I said, on my website. There there are other stories that I have up there that just different things, ideas, or just different things I wanted to write about. So I still have that outlet going all the time. So That's great. So you have your blogs, and you're going to be working on a murder mystery, hopefully soon. Well, yeah, let, let's hope. Let's hope there. Yeah, that, me, that's, that is the hardest is some people are very good at outlining and and they know what story they want to tell. But to me, trying to work on a murder mystery and get it into an outline form that to tell the story that that's the challenge for me right now. But you will get through it. Yeah. You will figure it out. Yeah. That's why I'm in a period of doing a lot of reading again. Excellent. 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 So thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And that was Erin Burl, the author of That's Why You're Here. You can contact her on Instagram at egbtarot. That's E-G-B-T-A-R-O-T. Her website is egbtarot.com. Again, egbtarot.com. Check her out for more information. I'm Dr. Shanaz Ahmed with Living a Life Through Books, signing off. Remember to water the seeds within you. It's time. <laughs>